Hey, welcome to the Tech and Tech Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Reverman. All right, Dean, did you watch the State of the Union last night? Oh, boy. Uh, some, not all. I know when this episode comes out, we'll be like a week past that. Yes, yeah, some, not all. I'll be honest, I really didn't watch any of it. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm a pretty politically tuned-in guy anyway, mm-hmm. so I usually mm-hmm. know what's going on and mm-hmm. what they're going to be mm-hmm. talking about. Yeah. And yeah. I'll get the highlights on like a podcast or right. an article or something yeah, later exactly. anyway. Yeah. So yeah. I feel the need. Read it later, yeah, like, what exactly. the outtakes were yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 All right, Absolutely. well, we're not going to be talking about politics Oh, thank God. No one, no one wants. <laughs> no one wants that. We, and we just we don't need to sit here and shout back, back no, and forth. No, we don't need to. No, that's right. We'll that's get right. people shouting at us. Apparently, they were you, doing that you, at the address well, anyway, yeah, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. I mean, well, or, but, the, or the stare. That's right. right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we don't want to get. We don't want to mess with any of that stuff. It's just we're fair gonna, enough. We're going to put that aside for today. If, if you want to talk about anything that would get us probably a lot of comments and feedback yes, that, we that, don't, that we don't typically get, even though we <laughs> ask for it, I guarantee if we started talking about politics, we'd start getting yeah, feedback. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we are going to check in with our favorite government consultant, Jeff yes, Smith. Sir. We just heard yes, his sir. voice. Mm-hmm. He's going to give us a little state of the government VAR, if you will. So that's the important that's stuff. That's the important right? stuff we're going to get right. We're going to talk about, we're going to catch up a little bit on what's happened over the last year since mm-hmm. he was last on. Yep. We talked a lot then about the whole infrastructure package, some mm-hmm. of that money started to actually Come make in. its way yes, down flow. to some projects and mm-hmm. stuff's happening there. So we're going right. to get into that. We're going to talk a little bit about public safety, like mm-hmm. fire, law mm-hmm. enforcement, crisis management, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. because we've had a lot of success marketing right. on we our have. side to that. Yeah. So we thought we'd ask Jeff a little bit Very about responsive you know, what, what, what he thinks of yep. what's going yep. on there. Yep. And we're going to talk a little bit about education, another topic we don't typically dig into, mm-hmm. but you know, mm-hmm. is part of the government picture. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to just let him talk a little bit about what he's watching out for in 2020. Ah, the crystal some, ball. Some trends. There Love it. Go. Yep. So, okay. Fair. Uh, all that plus our usual value to the VAR. What's teching with us? Teching and Tech connecting. Tech That's go. that word that there I've said 130 <laughs> plus times and somehow messed up this one. It's time to plug in and get connected. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. It's time to get connected. Yeah, as I mentioned, we've got Jeff Smith back with us today. He's yes, the president sir. of True Upside Consulting. He's a zebra consultant. Yes. And also, I just think one of the snappiest addressed men. Oh, yeah. If you're only on audio, business. you got to yes. go watch the video. And I, see. I completely agree. Not because of what we're dressed like. No. You don't need to see us. Yeah. Don't worry about us. We're just, yeah. you know, we're business casual all the time when we come here. <laughs> Jeff shows up with these things, and he's like this anywhere. Like, I've seen, anytime square. I've ever seen yeah. him at Vartek, anytime yeah. yep. you see any pictures of him, the yep. man is always. Just dressed to the nines well and, and ready to kill. You're ready so, to go. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Jeff, thanks so much for joining us today. Well, what have you been up to over the last year outside of the government world? Wow, it's uh, it's just been a great year. A lot of uh, a lot of great programs that we've been following, and a lot of really interesting things happening with this new administration and funding and and acts that are starting to trickle down to our partners. It's just been an exciting time. Um, it doesn't mean that it hasn't been. Uh, there hasn't been some controversy, but for the most part, it's been exciting for us to watch and follow as funding starts to flow and technology starts to emerge. It's, it's a really great time in our channel. So 
government so controversy in the same sentence? I, yeah. I, I mean, when does that ever happen? Come on. <laughs> just a little. Just, just but, a little. <laughs> but to Jeff's point, we've got some opportunities here, right? That's I mean, right. we've been talking about them for years, and I think, you know, some of our resellers are starting to get warm up to the fact that, hey, government, you know, there can be your friend yeah. in the sense that yeah. they can find, you can find some opportunities. Some, some boons there. there yes, so. sir. Well, then let's talk about, you know, IT spending in government right mm -hmm. now. What's been happening since we last talked about a year ago? How is the infrastructure funds going? I know that money's starting to roll down. We've heard about some local projects, yep. you know, yep. a particular bridge project here in the Cincinnati area that people have been. Oh, that's not about. IT though. Well, it's not, but yeah, it's yeah, still yeah, yeah. it's related to that. Uh -huh, and, uh -huh. and like we talked about last time, some of these projects that involve you know like traditional infrastructure yes, yes. can still have an IT bend to them because they're going to need some IT, you know, yeah. potentially right. too. That's to fair. Get those projects oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but you know, is there anything that that's that's changed or happened that you were surprised by? Anything you weren't expecting? What's what's going on with these funds and where we are right now? Well, I, I think the funds are are starting to flow, as we've talked about a couple of times already on this podcast. I think the really interesting thing is how some of them are being utilized uh, for technology enablement. Uh, we've seen uh, the ARRA funds, specifically the Recovery Act funds, still being just. Uh, you know, ap appropriated and utilized by states and local entities to improve technology posture, to improve infrastructure. Like you said, we've educated before that when it is pure infrastructure, there's still about 20% of that infrastructure spend that goes to technology, right? Enabling the people that are doing the work for the government. And so it's been an interesting time to see how these funds have been utilized. Uh, we recently uh, were following a procurement in the state of Maine, as an example, where ARRA funds were used to purchase electric vehicle charging stations. And uh, that is, you know, innate technology as an enabler and also getting the state electrified, right, ahead of other funding and programs that are out there. So uh, it's really been across the board that funding has flown and technology as an enabler and pro programs like that one in the state of Maine are starting to get implemented. And it's it's exciting and it's starting to become real. And uh, as more funding happens with this administration and more initiatives happen with this administration, you know, we're all hoping for kind of a rolling thunder of continuous, uh, you know, opportunity for our, our partners. I was looking at some of the data, Jeff, and I'd like to get some of your takes on this. So when you look at the overall spend, right, I think you were saying about 7%, I read 6.8 or something like that. So we're in the ballpark, right? 7% growth on IT spend from the government, which is good. And then they broke it down into certain areas. You know, devices, which is where we play, looks like that's going to be relatively flat. At least that's what the, they're saying on this one uh, report. Mm -hmm. But software is one of those areas that's seeing a, a huge boom, or at least they're anticipating about 12% growth is what I was reading. And then I was extrapolating out of some other articles around that, you know, how can our resellers take advantage of that? Love to get your take on this. So one of them was device lifecycle management. There's a lot of compliance out there, right? So there was this rush to get devices and mobilize everybody. And, and that seems to have worked or at right. least, and it's ongoing. But now you got these IT man teams with their hands full trying to manage the security and the, right. and, and these devices. And so, device lifecycle management, which is something we talk about, mm -hmm. right? And we've mm -hmm. had ISVs on here that talk about that. That yep. seems to be like a little area that maybe can be explored. So um, what do, what do, what's your take on maybe that software in general or, you know, kind of niching down to the devices and stuff like that? You know, it's a great question. That's really a two-part answer. So the, the proliferation of software growth is really just the government changing its consumption model to software as a service, right? And so 
that's enabling when you have it in a secure cloud or you have it in a FedRAMP environment and you have a software that isn't required to be integrated into an overall ERP, it can be integrated from the cloud as a service to a device, the proliferation of software uh, as a service and that consumption model is what's driving the 12% growth that you talked about, right? Uh, obviously, uh, the endpoint, we're going to talk the, about the endpoint as an opportunity for our partners a couple of different ways, right? So the device uh, is vulnerable, right? Because it is an endpoint on your network. Uh, and the device has to be managed based on the agency security posture. That's the first thing. And then the second thing is, right, the, the device has to be making, it has to authenticate onto the network the same way any other device would. And so the software platforms that are starting to emerge are ones that allow things like application partitioning, secure versus non-secure, network partitioning, secure versus non-secure, classified versus non-classified. And then we've seen a couple of uh, emerging technologies come out around uh, authentication. You've seen NIST come out with the, the Zero Trust initiative and a whole new set of regulations for network security. Uh, and so some of the authentication, multi-factor authentication, multi-factor authentication with phishing, uh, all those initiatives are out there for government agencies to manage and their mandates. And so, you know, think about what you described, Dean, in two different ways, right? The consumption models changed, and that's enabling more rapid software niche uh, software providers to, to sell to public sector. And then second, okay, we're proliferating out to the device and we have more and more devices to manage. How do we make sure that they follow our security posture and how do we make sure they authenticate on our networks according to government mandates? And that's where the growth is, right? And it's, it is exciting for us to see uh, for any of our, our partners that are leveraging uh, ISVs or third-party software providers or looking for software providers that make the endpoint more of a, a margin opportunity, if you will, uh, and more sticky with a government customer, the more successful we're all going to be. And, and we see that there's budget to support that. Yeah. And, and John, you had an article that you, mm -hmm. you cited in here from the CIOs. And I think what it backs up what Jeff is saying here when they when you think about what the, what the threats are. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and obviously a lot of that's around cyber you know, security and things of that nature. Malware, ransomware still ranks really, really high, mm -hmm. uh, although in, in, in they were comparing, you know, comparing their opinions, CIOs opinions, 2020 over 2022. So two years ago versus today. Uh, so today they're even more worried about malware and ransomware. Right. I mean, that seems to be, you know, what they're focusing in on phishing, those types of things seems to be mitigating a little bit. You know, it's, it's down a little bit because I think some of these things have been in place, but, but to Jeff's point, I, I you know, there's, there's still an opportunity there. You've got these legacy systems that, that, and then these edge devices that are being connected to it. Uh, another part of that article, by the way, is the is that kind of that what they called mainframe modernization, right? right and that's right. that that is such an old word for me. It's like mainframe. <laughs> I mean, we're going back to like the '60s and the '70s. But, but, but you're also talking about an industry that has a lot of legacy. That's systems. right. That's right. right. Yeah. So you have to deal with right. that. And and so, but the good news is is that they're modernizing that, right? And so there's right. some opportunities as it relates to AI and machine learning and and things of that nature, uh, where you you can find some opportunities because yeah. Yeah. of the need to modernize a lot of that uh, that backend infrastructure. Yeah. So you're really curious what's happening there on yeah. the government. Definitely. Agree. Yeah. Um, and as always, if you want links to some of these things, we're going to yeah. talk about these articles, some of these reports, they're going to be in the show notes.
notes. Mm. A lot of really interesting stuff I came across, you know, kind of about the state of, you know, government, tech, and IT, whatever, over the next year or so. Yep. But yes, that the 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 article from FedTech that was about the four tech trends mm. to watch for in yep. government yep. Um, throughout 2023. And yes, that device lifecycle management That's right. was one of them. The other yeah. ones were kind of like more of like broad topics. I mean, they mentioned like zero trust, hybrid data centers, yeah. stuff that's like kind of big and broad. But that device lifecycle one in particular stood out to me as well as one like, hey, mm-hmm. there is a nice low-hanging fruit opportunity for what a lot of our VARs are mm-hmm. already doing, what they're talking about with their customers regularly as it is, about helping mm-hmm. them manage lifecycle for devices. Yep. And, and to your point also, a lot of these newer niche niche software companies that are popping up, mm-hmm. that their whole gig is like, hey, we will we will you know produce the software that will help you manage these devices remotely. That will help you with the security aspect. And I, I think there's a again that was one that looked to me as like, hey, this is a a key opportunity. That was one of those articles where originally I looked at it and thought, all right, there's nothing here that's going to eh, be right. super yeah. relevant to to <laughs> our folks. But that last bullet point was one of like, well, there you go. There that just screams opportunity for us. Absolutely. Right there, so. And the other thing they was saying in that the top ten priorities in another article, mm-hmm. and again we'll have the links for this. Uh, a, a couple that called out to me. I mean, cybersecurity just seems to be at the top, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's at the top. Risk management there. Of course, they got into number four was legacy modernization. That's that whole mainframe thing. Uh, but on the list was data and information management. So, I, you know, I think obviously the government is very aware of there's a lot of data coming in, but right. how do we manage and make meaningful information out of this data? Uh, Which is something a lot out. of companies ask oh, yeah. all the time. Oh, for sure. You know? But yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah, on yeah. the government scale, it's even that much yeah, bigger. Even yeah, even that much worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Any takes on that, uh, Jeff, as it relates to manipulating data or some of the other trends that you might see as far as, you know, how governments are now dealing with that kind of stuff? Well, I think data analytics and predictive analytics from the data are something that we see a lot of agencies aspiring where they can they can use uh, real time data and information they have across their networks to make uh, you know decisions, whether it be a security to posture decision, whether it be a technology decision, whether it be a technology migration decision, but really using data analytics and predictive analytics off of data to make uh, very informed decisions about how they go about managing you know their enterprise IT strategy. I think that's a big one. And then obviously adjacent to cyber is data security, right? Because a lot of times when a breach occurs, uh, they don't find out about the breach until something serious becomes compromised and the the agent or the country or the individual that makes the breach rattles the sabers and they figure out that they've been fishing around inside places and they don't really know how long they have in some cases. So I think it, it data, you know, from an analytics standpoint, from being more predictive and from also from a security posture standpoint is something that all agencies are it's paramount for. And, you know, the best IT organizations that we work with in public sector are looking at data and they're looking at data from a decision point analysis and trying to leverage it strategically to better run their their enterprise IT strategies. Yeah. yeah. Another thing I'll call out on the Deloitte uh, article that we're going to post is, mm-hmm. you know, they did, they talked about, you know, the needs for government agencies to become a little bit more trusting of AI specifically, because AI is going to be that that tool that can provide these analytics and predictive and and things of that nature. But the word trust seems to be going around a lot, right? Like, you know, how do government agencies, because their trust factor is a little bit, I mean, right. every every business wants to be, you know, want to be able to trust the software right. that we're deploying. But 
when you're talking about public safety and it's an extra level military, of it's like it's top. like yeah. another level, right? Yeah. I mean, that, so so I get it, and but yeah. but it seems to be that there's you know with the mainframe moders and modernization, just this push to open up and and maybe learn and try to embrace some of these AI technologies right. to right. facilitate it. So really really curious how it's kind of you know starting to open up a little yep. bit. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about public safety in particular. Mm. I mentioned at the mm-hmm. top of the show that we've had a lot of success marketing yeah, into right. public safety, especially law yep. enforcement, fire, mm-hmm. crisis management, emergency mm-hmm. management, stuff like that. And a lot of that's been when we go out and do content marketing, yep. where we're partnering up with one of our vendors, yep. software company, we're going out there and positioning solutions designed for these specific issues. Mm-hmm. So for example, you know, the the police chief's guide to, you mm-hmm. know, uh, high-tech inventory management yep. or, you know, the the emergency response team's, you know, um, guide to incident command. I or love that, like that one. That was one of the better ones. E- exactly. And, done we, in a while. and all of these, we tend to have a lot of good success with them. You yeah, know, for of sure. all these campaigns we do in a lot of different industries, mm-hmm. these are ones where we consistently get a lot of leads coming back, meaning someone said, hey, I'm interested in this yeah. topic. I'm willing to I give you my it. information in order yep. to read this ebook, and we pass that along to our partners for them to nurture those leads and start mm-hmm. developing relationships. So I'm curious, Jeff, from your point of view, is that something you see a lot of out there too when you're talking to the agencies you work with and some of the IT partners? You know, are, are you finding this kind of open, a little bit more openness maybe to new tech and new ideas from the public safety space? And if so, why is that? Why are they more, you know, a little more in tune with? new tech ideas and embracing maybe some technology that other other parts of the government and even other industries just really aren't that as excited about. Yeah, no, it's a great point and and you're absolutely correct. I think we as as a group have done a great job uh, supporting public safety from a technology standpoint and bringing meaningful solutions to that vertical for our partners. But I think the probably at the tip of the spear it's situational awareness, right? It's where Technology uh, creates more situational awareness for people that are doing law enforcement, where they can make uh, technology as an enabler to make more informed decisions when they enforce our laws, uh, making sure that they, you know, are matching the law enforcement, um, you know, level to the individual that they believe has violated the law. Correct. And how does technology do that? facial recognition, vehicle recognition, right? Some of the endpoints that are already out there that are deployed by cities, even Wi-Fi networks that can do things like gunshot detection, poisonous gas detection, right? And being able to triangulate shooters, right? And so I think all those things, all those technologies are starting to come together under the guise of we want our law enforcement individuals that are all dedicated to our community safety to be able to make more informed decisions through technology and be more situationally aware. And that you heard that last night, uh, it's, it's a high priority for this administration. It's a high priority. Um, and it's also a socio, it's also a social, you know, priority. So uh, I think we're kind of seeing a perfect storm on that where people are trying to look at ways to make that officer when they sign into a shift more situationally aware and, and uh, be able to better do their job and match their law enforcement uh, appropriate their law law enforcement techniques to the appropriate level of violation of law. I think we we also see market you know conditions play here in the sense that a lot of these solutions are grassroots up mm-hmm. right like you know and the government's like any large corporation where maybe it's hard to steer the ship or when you do you know it it steers a little 
little bit. Right, so right. a lot of times, at least what we're marketing are some of these newer technology, newer solutions that are out there to help with efficiencies or you know training or or operations. And you know we it's we've had a lot of luck in getting these folks excited. I mean, I think your incident command one that we you know purposely went right after fire chiefs, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, how often does a fire chief sitting there saying, "Hey, you know, something floats across their desk right. that is specifically designed right, for right. them," right? So. Uh, so that's kind of this grassroots, and in, you know, I think just in the nature of public servants, you know, they want to do good and they want to be as efficient as they possibly can. And when we can introduce meaningful new solutions to them, as our ecosystem, mm-hmm. our VARs can do it, uh, you, you're seeing a lot of success. And that so that just bolsters the fact that you know, again, I would advocate that resellers go out and into your communities because these types of solutions can have a meaningful effect, and it can be grassroots up to yeah. to get them in. Yeah, and it definitely seems like you know, unlike. Unlike some situations where the folks, you know, kind of in the middle management or mm. mid-level or the on-the-ground If they're folks, up at the state house or yeah, whatever. Like, they, they may not be the ones that are particularly usually all that interested in some of this tech stuff. Or maybe mm-hmm. they see this stuff come across and go, whatever, I'm not going to have any part in that decision. Mm-hmm. I do find it seems that when we when we go after these particular part, the, you know, the public safety mm-hmm. sector, that there's a lot more interest like at the chief level, at mm-hmm. the department head level, the mm-hmm. deputy level. You yep. know, at the the you know the fire inspector level, yep. like there's a lot of folks that are kind of that mid tier, not the upper management, but like the mid tier that seem very very invested and interested in this stuff, mm-hmm. and that's great because I, to me that's always good news as a salesperson mm-hmm. because that person can be kind of like your champion, your yeah. advocate, that absolutely, and tell you like, hey, here's what I'm dealing with every single day when I'm out here. This they, is the kind can, of this is what I would love for you to pitch to my commissioner absolutely. or you know to the contracting know. agent. Hey, we need something yeah, like this. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's someone <laughs> yeah. that actually knows yeah. what 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 it's like on the ground every day mm-hmm. without having this technology at their disposal and can maybe help you pitch why it's so important that they do have it and what the benefit can be. For I sure. think that's that for can sure. be extremely valuable for for someone who's trying to make that big pitch to, mm-hmm. you know, hey, a, a government official or someone mm-hmm. at a higher level position to go in and say, "Hey, I've had these conversations. Mm-hmm. I have talked to the people that are out there every single day yep. trying to do this work and are struggling with how to be situationally aware, struggling mm-hmm. with how to manage their inventory, struggling with, you know, uh, evidence management, all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff or whatever, where there's simple, there's solutions that exist that can make their life easier. I've talked to them. Here's what they're dealing with. Here's why I think this would be yeah. the perfect solution yeah. for you. Because they got to so. do more with less too. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah of course. Sure. Yeah, and I, I think just to bridge on that and kind of finish the point is technology gaps, right? So what are the technology gaps at, at the, the officer that's out there working a shift and working an area in a specific geography? And the nice thing about the technology we're bringing to market, right, is that we do have meaningful proven technologies now that can fix those gaps, and, and so technology is caught up with a lot of where the gaps are to, to fix these problems for public safety. And I'll give you a quick little example here. There's a, there's a campaign we've got launching soon that's about emergency management. Mm-hmm. And one of the ideas behind it is that, you know, you've got all these disparate departments that respond to a particular crisis. Let's mm-hmm. say there's an environmental crisis of mm-hmm. some sort, like I a, gotcha. a hurricane, tornado, whatever. Or we had a we had a train derail yeah. up here in Ohio recently. Exactly. Right? Like, yeah. So there's all these various departments that come in. You've got local law enforcement. You've got local mm-hmm. fire. Mm-hmm. You've got crisis management departments. You've got state level, even potentially some federal level. Yep. All these different groups that are coming together to assist. But they all may be like working and existing off of completely different platforms mm-hmm. that aren't talking to each other the same way. Mm-hmm. Some of them may be using using a personal device, some of them may be right. using a you know a, a yeah. purpose-built device, some are 
chatting via, you know, messenger. <laughs> some are sending texts. Some are sending emails. It's just, you know, so many disparate ways that everyone's trying to communicate about essentially the getting, same thing. doing the same thing right, and right, helping right. as many people as possible, as quickly as possible, yeah. minimizing damage, minimizing, you know, the cost of the damage or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's a simple idea of just, a, you know, like, what if you had a platform that let you bring everybody together you know, the way they want to communicate, but also centralize it in such a way that when you send out a message, you know that it go, it's going to the right people and everyone's getting it at the same time so they can coordinate and yeah, work together. Right, right. One of those things, it sounds like a no-brainer, right, but, but again, in mm -hmm. this kind of sp space where you've got so many people working in so many different ways with different mm -hmm. types of technology, it's understandable how that can get wildly yeah, out of control wildly. very quickly. Yeah, 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 so. yeah, yeah. yeah. So stuff like that is stuff to think yeah, about. That's you know, pretty, like how, yeah. how can you help everyone involved in a in a situation streamline? You know, whether mm -hmm. it is, you know, a, a giant crisis, you know, like a you know a natural disaster, all mm -hmm. the way down to local traffic accident. Mm -hmm. You know, like you mm -hmm. know, because again, that's another place where you oh, might yeah. have three or four different types of people responding for sure. to that. For so. sure, for sure, yeah. All right, well then let's let's kind of flip the script a little bit here and talk about a place that we don't necessarily get as much traction as we would like with mm. marketing and, and mm. insight and, 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 and a yearning for opportunity. That's education. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and it's like and, a monolith. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And you can, and you know, and I'm sure anyone who works with education understands like, you know, budget is obviously always an oh, issue. you got boards you got to deal with. Yeah. Oh, getting, Lord. getting anything yeah. to move, you know, whether it's the cycle of, you know, of, mm. of adoption, all this kind of stuff. So I'm curious, you know, from your point of view, Jeff, I know obviously the pandemic pushed a lot of education, especially the K through 12 level to make some innovations mm, and changes, mm -hmm. you know, when all these students had to start working from home and start figuring out how do we, how do we get them good access to, you know, to their teachers. And, and I'm, there's a lot of folks that would say like a lot of that went very badly, you know, mm -hmm, like there was a lot mm -hmm. of, a lot of mistakes were made, a lot of issues happened there, but I'm sure they're, it's still something they're thinking about and trying to figure out. So did anything come out of that? Have, have you seen any opportunities in the educational space, whether it's K through 12, higher ed, you know, what's what's going on there that that our VARs can maybe latch on to and figure out where there might be some opportunities to, to help win some business? Well, I think it goes back a little bit to what we we're talking about with public safety, with where are the technology gaps for virtual learning? And they are so they were so vast during the pandemic that they're still trying to address those and, and create the right policies for in-classroom versus virtual classroom, hybrid environments, getting students to be back and feel safe, right? And so those technology gaps, I think, are another place for our partners to focus. The other thing that is uh, seems to be very, very at the forefront for these higher ed is uh, student uh, experience, right? And technology is an enabler for student experience because they want the students to be back on campuses. They want the students to be back in classrooms. And they want to create environments from a technology standpoint that meet student expectations to do that. And so they're not looking at status quo, especially in the higher ed. They're looking at how can we bring technology initiatives in that make the students more excited about getting back on campus, getting back in classrooms, getting back being interactive with the faculty, right? On the, on the K through 12 side, you know, we see a lot of the focus to be on, on faculty and how faculty can have technology as an enabler. And in some cases, it's training and interactive training to learn, for them to learn how to, to take someone that's a fifth grade student, let's just say as an example, and effectively uh, in a virtual environment, educate that individual, right? And so, uh, and what technology enables that, right? So I think it's really, it's all comes down to student experience, uh, student connectivity, uh, faculty, you know, um, 
prowess as far as virtual and non-virtual, and then technologies that uh, make learning institutions more attractive uh, to the student. And I think the pandemic uh, brought up to the forefront a lot of the gaps that uh, both higher ed and K through 12 schools had for the students and, and technology gaps that weren't uh, enabling the learning experience. And it's more than just giving everybody a Chromie, which is right. what they yeah, say yeah, in yeah, school, exactly. right? Like yeah. everybody's walking around with a Chrome, right? And that's fine, but but that's that's only, base level. That's yeah. base level. That's you, gotta, you still have to enable. I, I'm I'm glad you went down the path of of uh, faculty enablement, right? Because it's no good unless the teacher, the professor, or whatnot has different tool sets that they can mm-hmm. use to enable. Mm-hmm. The hardware, yeah. you know, at the end yeah. of the road, and so you know, some sometimes that's software based or other device based. Uh, interesting take that you had there on the college side, because you know I've got uh, whatever uh, two in college right now, and they were very glad to get back to campus <laughs> just so that they could fraternize with their friends. Right, right. But I never didn't think about the angle that yeah, they're perfectly fine like not going into class. Right. You know, like, oh, I could skip class. Right, right. right. Yeah. So I can do all they... my work from my dorm and still go out and party every night. <laughs> that's yeah. right. That's right. How do we get them back into the class? Room so yeah. that they can get that meaningful, yeah, learning. Yeah, I think uh, education is another example where developing partnerships with software companies mm-hmm. can be huge to help you go out and right. pitch solutions. Yep. Also, yep. and I don't have you know obviously as much parenting experience you know as far as like school stuff as, as you have. Mm. You know, I'm dealing with preschool and daycare right now, mm-hmm. but I can even tell you just from that perspective, yeah, like. Communication, especially, is one place that just is sorely lacking. Yes, you right. know, between yep. between those two places, my son goes. Yep. I've got four different apps for <laughs> keeping track of like what he's doing or yeah, getting right. photos yeah. or checking in status, on him or general status, status updates. Right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, you know, I'm on multiple different email chains. You know, you might get a random email from here mm-hmm. or there. Mm-hmm. There's emails that's there's there's email chains my wife gets that I don't get and that we I get. We can do better, she, can't we? You yeah, exactly. Communication. Something we, like as simple as that, like just communication flow. Like we're not mm-hmm. even talking about you know, overhauling the entire educational process necessarily or creating a whole virtual learning atmosphere, although that would be great too. Mm-hmm. But just as something as simple as being able to go in and pitch a a really intelligent communication system that mm-hmm. everybody can get on board with and easily use. That's mm-hmm. the kind of stuff I think if you got in your back pocket and can walk in and, and talk about mm-hmm. is, you know, could, could potentially take you places and open yeah. up some of those doors to those other conversations yeah. in the future. So yeah. yeah, I think, you know, find some partners out there and I, and, and we recommend this all the time, but I definitely recommend this in education is find partners that are committed to education, mm-hmm. not someone who's got a solution that they right. can that could fit. shove in yes. there. Yeah, like, this fits. This, sure. We built this for, you know, for manufacturing, but it could work in education. No, <laughs> don't mess with those folks. Go after the folks, you know, find the, find the folks that have lived and breathed education, probably yeah. have people that have worked in education that, you know, yeah. are part of you know, the design team and part of the, you know, the executive team. That's the folks that you're going to want to partner up with to kind of yeah. get out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, real quick before we leave education, because, you know, I came out of digital signage. I think that there's really some opportunities there, right. you know, as it yep. relates to, Agreed. you know, control crowd control or or just, you know, wayfinding within the room or rapid alerts. You know, you're seeing a lot of that where, like, if, if a lockdown, God forbid, needs to happen, you know, right, the communication right. that can be facilitated through that or just the command, 
mini command centers that are being set up in in all education facilities where you can see what's going on in the facility right. and stuff like that. Uh, a lot of opportunity there. But to your point, you really need to have somebody that plays in the space, right? You oh, can, yeah. It's not like you want to walk in there with a, a digital signage system that it, it's good for whatever, uh, carnivals, <laughs> and then we're going to apply it here in, in education. Some might right? say that education is like a carnival. It's a carnival, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the circus anyway. clowns are a little different, but yes, yeah, yes, not, yes, that's right. That's right. Not too dissimilar. All right. Well, then, Jeff, let's wrap up here by talking about you know twenty twenty three as a whole. Ah, the crystal ball, the, yeah. The crystal ball here. Yeah, let's yeah. you know talk about some trends. So, what are you watching for? What are you keeping an eye on? What are you expecting to happen over the next year that we should be thinking about and talking about? Yeah, I mean, I, I think what we're going to see is is that you know communication is going to be critical and getting ahead of programs, right? Getting ahead of these initiatives and programs and these fundings and these investments that uh, public sector agencies are going to make, right? I think that there have been times where we have said, emphasize your communication and sales inertia on transactional, right? Because budgets are tight and you got to find the little nuggets of capital spend. But this year, I think what we need to focus on from a sales standpoint is, is where are the initiatives? Where are the big capital spends? Where are the big things that this funding we use to transform from a technology standpoint. And, you know, whether you call that whale hunting or just being ahead of the larger chunks of funding and how public sector agencies are going to leverage those, I believe that we can top dress our sales approach between now and June 30 for state and local, most agencies, and now and in, in, uh, September 30 for federal. Uh, and follow the money, follow the big programs, chase some of the more strategic opportunities and don't walk away from the transactional things that, you know, keep the lights on for us and for the agencies, but they're going to be some big opportunities and the people that have the strategic sales capability and the, the, uh, the ability to follow the money and follow the programs. And it doesn't mean that you always have to win those as a prime, right? You can win those as a meaningful subcontractor or as a meaningful teaming partner. But the funding that we have is fairly unprecedented, right? But both from a percentage year over year and from an amount. And the flavors of funding that we have are coming in non-traditional ways than just budget growth, right? They're coming around large, heavily funded federal initiatives, which, you know, trickles down into, into um, state and local. And so I think we really need to, to top dress where we're focusing and focus on strategic cells and programs and initiatives and chase the ones we can win and subcontract our team with the ones that we think we can add value for and not miss that opportunity that it's fairly unprecedented uh, in 2023. Yeah, and maybe one of the ways that that manifests itself is in electric vehicle charging stations. I mean, Jeff's been very instrumental in helping us navigate government opportunities mm -hmm. within that space. I mean, in the infrastructure bill, right, there's money allocated towards that, and right. there's incentives at state levels, at federal levels, all kinds of incentives to try to build out these networks, right? And so that's a strategic, you know, that's a strategic opportunity yeah. that, that yeah. you can go after and leverage, uh, and we can we can help uh, guide that, right, Jeff? Uh, we've been doing a lot of work yeah. there. Absolutely. It's been a heavy, heavy focus for us, the NEVI funding and state by state. We're following it state by state. We're looking and we're educating. Uh, we've actually taken some consulting services uh, opportunities to help the states spend the money the right way and, and municipalities spend the money the right way. And, and the nice thing about that type of funding is it's not something that the state has purchased before. Mm -hmm. right? 
So that gives us an opportunity to educate and share best practices that we learn on the best ways to spend and optimize the money. It's not like an IT department's never bought a server before or never bought a laptop before. But most of those folks have not, you know, ever implemented uh, or, or sold or, or even lifecycle managed, especially an EV charger. And so it's, an, it's kind of a new and emerging technology, but that's a great example, Dean, of where we follow the money. We have this uh, $7 billion in NEVI spending. It's going to be strategically spent and it's going to be come in big chunks. The Ohio chunk was $140 million. And you might not have been able to go after the $140 million opportunity, but you might have had pockets in Ohio where you could have helped whoever the prime contractor was be successful there. So let's keep, let's keep our eye on the big ones. There right? you go. I uh, love it. Love it. Yeah, there yeah. you go. You know, I'll, I'll quickly go back and reference that Deloitte article we mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, yep. which is kind of like a GovTech tech trends, you mm-hmm. know, for 23. And there's a couple ones that really stood out to me is, you know, again, these are kind of like broad level, but stuff that could lead to opportunities and places mm-hmm. where you should be paying attention to having conversations. One was this idea of streamlining what they refer to as cloud chaos. Mm. So essentially the idea that like all these different, de- you know, government departments, they've embraced the cloud. They've uh-huh. embraced the idea like, hey, you know, yeah. and rather than store stuff locally, let's have this we'll cloud-based cloud, stuff. Yeah. You know, and do but now that. we've created chaos. Well, because, yeah, because again, like maybe <laughs> your your the accounting arm is, is yes, using one particular cloud. Yes. Law enforcement's using a different, judicial right. system's using something different. You're... Yeah you know, your tax department or whatever is using a different set of cloud and they're not all talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, maybe the opportunity is to be able to go in and find, you know, uh, with opportunities of like a system that can kind of lay on top of all of that, yep, I guess, you know, the, the cloud over the cloud or something, right, out right. Of, you know, <laughs> outer space, I guess, at that point, you know, like the stratosphere. Over yeah, the cloud. Exactly. Yes, yes. To like, you know, kind of bring them all together and merge mm-hmm. them into one place that everybody can access where you can still have your, your disparate, you know, little, you know, programs that you use that work for you and your department and where right, your needs right. are. Yeah. But that they all kind of communicate up to one place that you can get a broad overview and connect with each other as yeah, needed. Yeah. Um, another one, and this was very relevant for, with our conversation we had about Web3 last week, mm. which is blockchain. Oh, right. And th- there, I think, is one example of a place where the idea behind Web3 mm-hmm. and decentralization and built on security and the zero trust thing and all yep, this idea yep. of like making sure that everything is as locked in tight as possible and as immutable as possible mm-hmm. makes sense in the government space probably more sure than does. anywhere else yep. where you want Agreed. to make sure that all your data is clean, yep. that it's honest, yep. and that it's accessible when it needs to be accessible. That's right. So that made yeah. sense to me. And then the last one, and we've touched on this a little bit too, the idea of adding on to legacy systems, mm. understanding that the you know, mainframes and old yep. systems yep. that have been in play for a long time and feel very old and antiquated to us and what we know about mm-hmm, technology. Mm-hmm. But you have to understand that in the government space, it's a there's a, a lot of if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of mentality sometimes. <laughs> I'm sure Jeff can That's speak right. to that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I think being able to go to those folks and say, look, I'm not asking you to reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking you to figure out how to break down an old legacy system, mm-hmm. be out of commission for a couple days, right. couple weeks, yeah. couple months. Yeah. Which and they can't do because they, they're right, in public exactly. safety. They can't. And you yeah. can't. So we're going to shut down the the fire department right. for a couple of weeks. So now. rather than rip and replace, the idea of being able to go in and saying, "Hey, what can we provide to you that can sit on top of your legacy mm-hmm. system, system, or supplement it or complement it, and get you to the, some of these new technological points where you know you need to go, mm. but your current system just isn't able to get you there? Yeah. We can find something to connect it. And again, I think finding partners. You know, in, in the I thought we had a partner or two. Did you do a, a recent marketing campaign for one of them? Um, it was like a layer on top of that. I'm trying to think of, of right. some way. We'll throw it in the show notes. Yeah, I like, think, think of it. I will. I'm sure there's there. something out there. Yeah. yeah. So you know, again, yeah, it's that idea of mm-hmm. you know, 
don't don't ask to reinvent the wheel. Don't you know? Don't go in firing at all guns like, well, we're going to tear all this out and start all over again because they're going to they're going to just you know point to the door and yeah, show you your thank way you out. So much, yes. yeah. So you know, I think I think being able to go in and say, look, you know, I understand what you're working with has been working just fine, mm. but I also know that you probably need X Y Z. Yes. Yeah. Here's how we get to X, Y, Z yeah. without, you know, right. again, without rip and replace yeah. along the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good stuff. Good yeah, stuff. Yeah, definitely. And on, and on the, on the mainframe things we have to remember, right. Um, the mainframes actually are very affordable now, uh, versus very expensive when they were first deployed, very extremely secure. You know, Unix is extremely secure and many of the legacy ERP platforms were built, uh, on, on mainframes. Right. So, they're not, it's, it's a bridge too far for them to rip and replace, uh, especially when they're getting economies of scale and great levels of security off of those systems. And so absolutely optimizing that legacy platform and enabling it is, is the strategy for our partners because they're not going away. Um, they're just not. And it'll be a very long time before they do. Yeah, Good point. Definitely. Great point. All right. Well, hey, before we wrap up and give a takeaway to our VARs or something maybe they can go out and do immediately yes. with the with their, their government uh, friends, <laughs> uh, let's always as you know, thank our Tech Connect sponsors. We appreciate your support of the show, of yep. the Tech Connect program, of the show in general. Uh, Zebra, of course, is one of those that Jeff works with quite closely and does a lot of work in the, the public safety and public sector space. Absolutely. Uh, so we thank them for their support of the show and everyone mm -hmm. else who's involved there, too. Uh, as always, if you want to reach out to us, whether it is to tell us how we did on the show, ask questions. Maybe you've got a, a question we didn't cover with Jeff that topic. you'd like to yeah, hear about. Throw us a topic. A topic you want us to dive into. We can, Jeff's always welcome to get dragged back on the That's show. Right. He's happy yeah, to, to come yeah. back on with we us. We can so, get granular. So if you want us to dig in a little deeper, like, hey, I want to learn a little bit more about this part of government. Yes, I want right. a little more insight in how to do this. Yeah. Send us those. We've always got a link in the show notes to submit topic suggestions to us. Go there, send us a quick little note of what you want to hear about on the show, what you want us to be talking about, who you want us to be talking to, if you're recommending somebody. Just for doing that, we'll send you a Technic Podcast t-shirt. There you go. Even if we don't use your idea, we'll still send it to still you. Still send it to you. I'm going to be honest with you. We're probably going to use your idea because we're always looking for good, smart <laughs> good ideas. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if we haven't done it already, we're always happy to do it. Right. Uh, so yeah. send those in to us. Of course, as always, you can always, you know, um, on our YouTube page, mm -hmm. leave us a uh, comment. Like our episodes, subscribe to the page. If you're listening on whatever podcast platform of your choice, if there's an opportunity to leave a five-star rating or review, please do that. It's a great way to let us know what you think of the show and also to you know help drive some other folks to it and help them find it. And, of course, if you want to connect with us directly and, and reach out to us, you can always find us on Twitter at TechConnectPod. You can email us, techconnect at bluestarinc.com. All right, let's wrap things up here, as always, starting with our value to the VAR. Yeah. And, you know, and, I, and again, I wanted to think about, like, where VARs are right now. And, mm -hmm. you know, we've talked plenty of times in the past about the buying cycle and what stage and where you, what you're doing. But, Jeff, let's distill this down here. So what should VARs be doing right now with their government accounts? Who should they be talking to? What do they need to be doing right now to really get this year off to a strong start and, and maybe capitalize on some of these trends we've been discussing? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. And, you know, one, we, you should be highly visible right now because you're in the planning and the final planning uh, phases for both public sector verticals. And so highly visible, right? I think the other thing that I would tell the VARs is look at where you've been selling to public sector agencies and see if you can take that relationship a level higher right? A, a level higher from an executive standpoint or a program director standpoint, or to people that are running initiatives, right? 
And so the initiative funding that we talked about a lot, finding new people in the organization that are driving those, that are responsible for those, and then creating relationships with them that enable their success, right? One of the things that we've talked about with the small state in the Northeast is, wow, we need more feedback from industry, right? We need more subject matter expertise. We had this set of assumptions going into implementing some ARRA funds, and those assumptions were completely uh, false, and it didn't work out for us. So uh, finding, selling higher, finding new relationships, finding people that are driving these programs, being visible, and then also, you know, don't lose, don't lose sight of what keeps the lights on. Don't lose sight of the existing relationships you have, Uh, you know, still be a trusted advisor and add lots of value to those folks. But, you know, sometimes we've said get wider. I think the advice this year with all this funding is get higher, right? Find new levels in the organization that are influencing these programs and these fundings that you know, we might not see again for, you know, another three, four or five years. It, it's, it really is an incredible opportunity in 2023 for us and our partners. Along with that, uh, you know, I would advocate do the basic blocking and tackling as well, you know, making sure that your information is up to date on any of the mm-hmm. uh, readiness or whatever the types of forms. And maybe, uh, Jeff, I'll throw a couple at you. I don't know if you've heard of uh, things like this, like the System for Award Management or SAM, I guess, is the acronym. Maybe making sure that you, your profile is right on that. Uh, you know, what, what, what was one thing the government hates is bad information, right? If they're going through a bid process or if they're starting to evaluate and you've got old information in their right, system, right. you know, so just making sure that that's refreshed and you got all your, uh, your information good to go. It's, it's always better to be ready so that you can respond to the RFP with meaningful information and the basic blocking tackling of who you are and all that kind of good stuff yeah. is, is put away. Yeah. I mean, obviously if you're listening to this podcast and you're caring about what we're talking about here, you must be someone that is interested in knowing yeah. what's happening in the right. space yes, and knowing yes. where you can find opportunities. Yep. So I'd say, keep up with that trend, you know, like keep, keep reading, keep researching, know what's happening, know what's mm-hmm. going on. I'm assuming you probably do anyway, but mm-hmm. if for some reason you're not, you know, that, that's that's a, you know, a baseline level of just, you know, expanding your knowledge. And again, check out these links we're going to have in the show notes to some of these articles. One in particular I thought was interesting, we kind of t- talked about it a little bit too, is this CIO state of the state forecast, yep. this right. kind of little yep. presentation. I think I, I think I linked to this last year too, mm-hmm. which, you know, basically is like, hey, you know, looking at, at, at CIOs at the state level, who's changed, where has change has been happening, what are their priorities, what are they concerned about, you know, basically polling all of them about what, what their priorities are. And a couple that stood out to me, again, we've already talked about, cybersecurity obviously was, yeah, hot, was that's at right. the top of the list. Yep, top of the list. Workforce was a critical issue, which, yep. you know, critical issue in every Everywhere, industry right, yep. But mm-hmm. again, still is to them as well, where they're trying to figure out how do we do more with less, yep. or how do I bring in the right kind of people, how do I equip the people that I do have with what they need in order to succeed, and then they just mentioned this idea of digital government transition, which is again just just taking you taking government entities from where they currently are to where they want to be on a digital mm-hmm. front, and and what needs to happen in between there. So a good report to read, I think, if you just want a kind of a base level understanding of of what state level CIOs are experiencing. Yep. Which I'm assuming that's someone you should hopefully have some kind of a relationship right? with. Yeah. And if not, or even or if you do be able to go to them with this report and say, hey, I just was reading over this. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about this? Mm-hmm. Which of these things are your priorities? What's, you know, do you agree with this? What can we do to help you get where you think you know you need to go right and now? And hopefully you got Simple some answers questions. along the way yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yep, yep. And of course, as always, don't hesitate to reach out to us here at Blue mm-hmm. Star. 
Brian Ray, our our, our government, you yep. know, uh, initiative lead, initiative absolutely, lead. For always sure. happy to have these conversations. We'll be happy to put you in touch with Jeff to talk yep. about this stuff too. Mm-hmm. Don't hesitate to you know leverage the resources that we have. That's and the folks what value that adds all about. With. That's right, exactly yep. for sure. So, all right, let's wrap things up as always with our favorite segment: What's Tech Connecting with You? Uh, yes, this is where we get to talk about something in the world of science, business, tech, innovation, culture, or whatever that we just feel like <laughs> chatting about. Yeah, just something we just like. Hey, I feel like talking about this today, so let's do it. Jeff, I'll let you start. What's Tech Connecting with you right now? I, I'll tell you, I uh, I saw yesterday that NASA's X fifty seven all electric plane has been has gotten its final approvals uh for testing nice really i I think that is really really exciting that nasa is innovating around one of the big emerging technologies that we're bringing to market with electric vehicle charging and that that uh, transportation vertical in the form of electric uh, jets and electric uh, uh, airplanes uh, is materializing in a really fast and meaningful way. So if you take a look at the NASA X-57. X-57, okay. X-57, you will see a lot of very exciting things, and the technology is just not that far away. Uh, obviously, the safety and approval processes will be extensive before it becomes commercially available, but it is exciting that uh, NASA is moving forward with what is going to be the the model for the first all electric airplane? Very cool. I'm looking I'm at a picture of it right this. now. It's uh, you know a lot of propellers. I was wondering if it was <laughs> what, what kind of propulsion it was, but it's uh, got to be quieter. Pretty cool. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think that's got to so. I mean, I would assume it's got to be quieter. Yeah. Obviously, you know, there's some efficiency. Yeah. Is it maybe a little cheaper to fly with it? You know, if that becomes I would commercialized. Hope. I would hope. Yeah. I'm sure, a lot of what we pay is towards you know going towards gas. You know, yeah. so yeah, yeah, yeah. So are they the manufacturer, Jeff? Is that, or are they just like... They're they're doing the research. So I'm sure there's some collaboration with with private industry. They don't name any private industry partners, but, uh, you know, what's, you know, for commuting, if you think small commutes, that's one way. It's the most efficient. It's 98.7% efficient from an energy standpoint. And so it's by far the most efficient airplane they've ever modeled. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so... It's exciting, and it's, it's it's one of the things that we're pushing really hard to bring to the market in a meaningful way, and that'll be another uh, a form factor for EV. There you go. I'm getting closer to having my own personal little, you know, yeah. Jetson thing in my body. Yeah, I don't. Okay. We don't. Yeah. Well, let's let. Yeah, we, we know that time you tethered yourself to a drawing Dean. We won't talk about that. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right. So you all thinking that AI is run amok? Are we getting to this stage it's, yet where AI is just it's, running it's amok? It's fascinating to me that we've gone from just starting to talk about this stuff like a month or two back to... Boom, to like, like it's going to take over everybody the world. Yeah, everybody, everybody, everywhere. Yeah, it's, okay. it's, it's all we're talking about Well, now. don't worry, because w- what is going to rein it back? Lawsuits. Getty Images <laughs> yeah, sues that the right. maker of text-to-image AI platform Stable Diffusion, alleging it trained its program on 12 million Getty stock photos. Uh, so you can't do that, no. right? You can't train your models, your AI, on other people's intellectual property. Right, right. So that's going to be a little bit of an issue. I think that might tamp down some of the AI that's out there. Now they're going to have to sit there in courts and like justify yeah, their code yeah. and all that good stuff. That could put a little damper on some of the AI, yeah, don't you think? Leave it to a lawsuit to figure out how to how to ruin a party real there quick, you, you know? <laughs> 
There you go. <laughs> so I got two over you for it. So there's that. Okay. So that might put a little, you know, a cold towel on some of the AI. And, right. And again. All right. So and then the other article that, again, it's just one of those fun ones out there. What is the dream job? What do you think most people? Now, they did a world study, right? So this is careers that people are searching the most for. What do you think across the world? What is the number one job that people would love to have? A top dream job, Jeff. You got a you got an idea here? Well, other than other than yours, Dean, I you know, <laughs> podcasters not on here. Uh, you know, you know, for me, it would be professional golfer, right? There you go. Oh, there okay. you go. All right, yeah, that's yeah. A good I don't one. think that's the answer. That's, yeah. It's not the answer. You got you got a guess? I, I don't know, Marco. You got a guess? You got no guess? I I don't know. I'm like, gonna throw you a, a pilot. What? Pilot is the number one wow. dream job across the, well, it's it's the number one global search job. You know, how to be a, right? And so pilot's number one across the globe. Huh. Writer is number two. Okay. Dancer All right. All right. is number three. YouTuber is number four. <laughs> Entrepreneur is five. Actor is six. Now we're getting into ones that I'd be like, okay, I'll okay, get I it. get some of these. Yeah. Yeah. Influencer seven. Programmer eight. Who wants to be? I don't know. Okay, uh, I'll go with that. I'll just give you the top ten. Singer is nine, and then teacher is ten. I was going to th- say teacher, but I just don't know too many people that are like, yeah, I want a, I want a very underpaid job that yep. kids are yelling at me all day yep. long. Yep. So bringing it back okay. to government, the top of public sector jobs that are searched for. Teacher number one, doctor, firefighter, judge, police officer. So, you know, I get nobody wants to be a state representative. Nobody wants to be a senator. Nobody wants to be a governor. How do I become a governor? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, that that's, a, that's your an interesting. There you go. We all want to be a pilot. All of that's a, yeah, I'll I'm, be honest, I'm bringing at it no back point in my life if I ever wanted to be a pilot. Oh, come on now. No, you I just, never, You never dreamed as a little boy. I saw no, a plane I, going to like, I'd love to fly that I was thing. the kid who wanted to be like, you know, I think briefly like, you know, a firefighter and and then and then I wanted to be a zoologist because I was that kind of. A well, no, kid, you're but. number two. You want you're a writer, so you're well, the, yeah, you're, you're I mean, the number two. Guy. I guess yeah, I guess I kind of sort of got there. Yeah, <laughs> you just got the dream. I'm not job, writing. Dude. I'm not writing the great American novel or anything. But you know, like, I but Fair I get enough. to do something I love. Yes, Fair that's enough. that's a Fair very enough. good point. So all right, what's I think podcasters should be on the list. I'm podcasters, surpri- I'm surprised totally more people aren't actually yeah, saying no that. Doubt, too. No doubt, no doubt. All right, so what's technically me? I um, you know I'm a big fan of like concept vehicles and like yes. what kind of crazy new vehicles been offered yes. here. So came across a new one. Audi's new concept EV is a luxury SUV with augmented reality that doubles as a pickup. What? Yeah. So we're so, augmenting the reality. Yeah. Check out the okay. link in the show notes for this. First of all, the picture's fascinating. It looks like something out of a James Bond movie. <laughs> Uh, so this, this what's is the model the, number? It's the active, the Audi Active Sphere EV concept. Uh, looks really super cool. It's a super cool, very slick looking vehicle. Of course, again, it is a you know a concept vehicle. Yeah. But part of, one of the ideas is that like the back pane of glass on the back, so it's it's kind of got that you know I wouldn't even call it a traditional you know uh, SUV. Oh, yeah. It's, okay. You know it, it's yeah, yeah. it's you know it's a very streamlined kind of look to it. But uh-huh. the back pane of glass apparently can slide up and can actually become like a tail uh, uh, you know a, a truck bed essentially. Oh, gotcha. So, so you can have some storage yep. truck type mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm, going on. Mm-hmm. But the more interesting, unique part of it is that basically you would wear AR glasses while driving it. (laughs) 
to what? operate all of the various gadgets and stuff. Ga- okay. So there's no there's no knobs and buttons and anything inside. Ah. Instead, you're wearing glasses so that like if you want to, you know, the example they show in here is if you want to change the temperature or something, it's a virtual dial that you're Got reaching it. out to in space Got it. and changing, you know, and manipulating stuff like that. I see. So, so I have to wear glasses to, yes, to you, drive which, this Audi. That's all, like, so the, the vehicle looks cool, but I've said this before, anything that makes me put a glasses on over top of my glasses yeah, for any reason yeah. is not my thing. Yeah, you're not that's why it. I hate going to 3D movies. I don't want to have to wear glasses <laughs> over my glasses. So like, this is one of those things, like you got to figure out a way to accommodate those of us that wear glasses already all right. before I can get on board. But the yeah. interior looks cool. It's, it's a pretty big, slick looking car. Yeah, big open space. You. Yeah. you know, it's it, because yeah. again, you don't have to fill it up with buttons and yep. knobs and yep. steering wheels or yep. anything, you know, well, because know. it's all it's all. I, virtual. I'm with you, dude. I don't think I'm putting on glasses to you know adjust the temperature. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Find find a way that I can do that without that. You know, where yeah. I can get like the Star Trek style yeah. like holodeck kind of thing yeah. that just makes it look like it's that there. feels about 20 years ahead of its time. Yeah. To me. So yeah. very much we'll a see. concept vehicle, but a yeah. pretty slick, cool looking one that I recommend. There you go. Yeah. There you I go. mean, well, I mean, here in DC, I think we should do anything to confuse drivers further, right? So yes, that's. Let's make the technology as <laughs> impossible as possible. Exactly. And we'll even have more traffic and accidents and confused tourists and everything. So I just love the idea for the Beltway, you know. The, yeah. yeah. Drive it along somebody that's got, you know, like. What you, are they doing? Yeah. <laughs> are they changing lanes? <laughs> They're wearing weird glasses. They're reaching all over the place. Yeah. That's good stuff right there. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's I, I'm completely with you. <laughs> all right that's what's tech connecting with us jeff smith thank you so much for joining us today we appreciate having you on as always 100 percent. great to be with you again and look forward to our next discussions we'll, we'll definitely right. have you back so until next time um i don't know you know gesture wildly around your car <laughs> flailing <laughs> find an electric plane to fly and uh and prepare to get sued for using ai <laughs> and as always folks please stay connected Technic Podcast is brought to you by Zebra. All right, Dean, we talked all about, you know, public yes. safety and the public sector. Yes. All right, well, Zebra's, Zebra's on top of this oh, a yeah. little bit, too, if you, oh, didn't, yeah, yeah. if you didn't know. I mean, you they're know, very knowledgeable. They, they are. So they know that selling to public safety organizations can be a bit of a challenge. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this before, many podcasts. Yep. Know, yep. Whether it's tight budgets, regularly mm-hmm. changing officials, resistance to change. New tech, what? Never right. ending yeah. work cycles. Yeah. It, it makes introducing new technology solutions difficult, but that doesn't make it any less critical. That's true. Industry. This is true. So Zebra wants to help you get your customers up to date. Check out their free ebook called The Case for Updated Technology Within Public Safety Agencies. In it, Zebra highlights how officials recognize the need, but may need guidance guidance to figure out what and how of modernizing their departments. So look for the link in the show notes to download today from Blue Star Nation. Technic Podcast is also brought to you by ELO. All right, if you're looking for the kind of displays that stand out and help entice and engage customers. Who's maybe, not looking for that, well, right? And, and we just had this whole talk about government stuff. Yeah. Maybe like you can get for like wayfinding. Mm, yes, right. For informational purposes, mm-hmm. government buildings, mm-hmm. education. Education, yeah. Great example, nice, nice display to tell people where mm-hmm. to go and mm-hmm. what to do. Yep, yep. Well, look no further than ELO's large format interactive digital signage. With size options from 32 to 65 inches, Oof. ELO offers touchscreens that add 
brilliant interactive canvases to any environment with sleek, slim designs built to withstand the rigors of continuous commercial use. Mm -hmm. Now, we know ELO prides itself on modularity yes, and choice very modular. for any needs. Yep. Now, here are just a few of the options available with these large format displays. Right. PCAP or infrared touch technology. Nice. Anti-friction glass. Mm. Again, so you don't need to heat things yep, up. That's right. You just swipe it so hard. Just, <laughs> just start burning things up. Uh, Touch-through capability, so you can put some glass oh, over potentially yes. if you need to. Uh, okay. You know, to keep people from yes. burning yeah, things up. Burning things up, yep. 4K options, computer modules, edge connect, peripherals. They love those Those are huge, All kinds yes. of cool stuff mm -hmm. you can add on. Yep, 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 yep. Now, ELO backs this up with a minimum three-year warranties and optional on-site exchange if service is needed. Check out the link in the show Boom. notes to browse the options, specs, and to buy now.